Hello and welcome to a new season of the Formula One Fans UK podcast. I'm Reese, and I'm joined today by Dan and Tim. Guys, it's been a long, long time. Um, we would just like to say that the punctuality of the podcast um, and how often we do it is not actually determined by the success of Max Verstappen, despite what people might think. Yeah, but it makes for a more interesting podcast when we've got something to rage about, surely. Right. But yeah, it isn't going to be determined by that anymore. It's a lot more structured uh, and uh, willing participants instead of waiting 40 minutes for people to turn up, Chris, because you're sleeping <laughs> evening, brother. I hope you're enjoying the 500. In in the interest of equality, I'll also say good evening to the American as uh, he was delayed getting home from the shops, which is why he's not here. Yeah, I mean, imagine going to Walmart on Daytona Day. It's uh... it is literally a redneck mistake, isn't it? Like literally hillbilly amateur hour from Danny. <laughs> Uh, the cues for the bush light must have been uh... <laughs> yeah before, before we get into this and guys all stay off mute for this one I, I think we just need to quickly take a moment to say that Liberty Media are taking over F1 um, of course you go to a race in Europe you get served Heineken America I don't know what your obsession is but surely if you're going to a race you don't want to have to drink light beer what is the obsession with light beer over there it's not beer it tastes disgusting <laughs> it's I mean, you can take, you can, you can hike up all our prices, Liberty Media, and make F1 unaffordable. But when we can afford to go to a race, give me proper beer. <laughs> well, yeah, but unless you've got Rosberg trying to sell that zero percent shit, like other than that, it's not bad. I remember when it was uh, Jackie Stewart trying to sell our zero percent beer for the whole weekend at Monza, and they must have played the advert two, three hundred times a day. <laughs> like... When you drive never drink yes <laughs> well to be fair it makes it less fun but i understand the reasoning wait wait hold on no i i don't condone drink driving i'm just working on the banter nobody go and do that shit please but officer officer dan told me to do it they <laughs> <laughs> you, you joke but that's the kind of shit that i would do but like well so and so said that it was okay officer like you know what's the problem bro i didn't know i didn't know i couldn't do that what seems to be the officer problem? <laughs> I think all people have to do is just watch in on one of our race nights when we've all been drinking and we'll sit and it's the perfect example of why you should never drink and drive because we can't control a car on a PlayStation when we're drunk, let alone a real car. Absolutely. Speaking of cars, uh, should we get into some car related F1 stuff instead of me getting myself into a very big hole uh, already like 10 minutes into this? What a great segue out of, out of what we were discussing. Yes, let's talk about F1 because the season is back. Actually, let's not talk about Dan getting himself into a very big hole, which is his plans for after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my plan is to uh, watch the 500 that I'm currently watching now because I can do both, Chris. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it, it's, it's all good. And, and we will ref- say that this is the Daytona 500 for people who are not sure which 500s we're talking about. This is not the NASCAR Fans UK podcast, despite it being our sister group. This is the uh, Formula One Fans UK podcast. And so, guys, I have one question for you to start, which is um, what have you learned from the car launches? We'll come to you first, Dan. My thing about the car launches, 
Aston Martin again did an absolute banger. And everyone at Red Bull seems to be fascinated on anything other than F1. Like, I'm not, I'm not being funny, but did, did I really need to see six Red Bull uh, cliff divers? No. Yeah, Say, so if they're part of the catering team, we understand why the budget goes through the roof. <laughs> can, can you imagine already 2023? I oh, know we blew our budget on paying all of our Red Bull sponsored cyclists to come to our F1 event. Going over the budget cap because you spent too much on the launch does sound like a very Red Bull thing to do. I wonder if they um, actually are going to sell this launch from Red Bull that it was a Red Bull general marketing launch for the year and not an F1 launch. I mean, they used last year's car, so are they going to say it doesn't come under the budget at all, flying everyone out to America? Uh, send them over budget for next year. But actually, do you remember when McLaren did that? They launched like four different specs of car in one launch event. That was brilliant. But the reason it was brilliant was because they showed us the actual cars which was taken, in my opinion, to a new level. And I think that everyone should learn from this and copy this and do exactly what Ferrari did. Wasn't the um, McLaren one last year, wasn't it? Where they released all the, all, the, like, all the cars in one show, wasn't it? It was, I think it was the 2021 season. I'm not sure, but Ferrari were the ones who absolutely blew me away this time i mean the first time you see the car is them driving it around the track could you imagine if all the uk based teams went oh we're doing our launch at silverstone let's put some fans in the grandstand opposite the opposite the track so you can see the pit box you can see the car coming out for the first time goes around does a lap of silverstone looks fantastic imagine if that was the norm for every single team just to do that and that was your launch yeah, but I read uh, some like first-hand like accounts of people that were invited to the test day uh, launch and all that sort of stuff, and they didn't even know that they were going to the track. They got on the shuttle, assuming they were going to the factory, and then when it started to detour to the track, yeah, they did like the shakedown laps and stuff. So this is actually going to get onto what my point was going to be when you asked me the same question you asked Dan um, was initially. I thought, yeah, great. Um, we should always make it that the cars have to be shown as part of the launch, actually going around the circuit. However, what Ferrari actually did there is a massive risk. A massive, massive risk. Imagine if they pulled out of the garage and a gearbox breaks on the first straight or the engine itself goes up in smoke on the first outlap from Charles or from, or from Charles or from Carlos then that is a PR disaster. It is a huge, huge risk that they took. I'm glad they did it. And I thought it was an amazing thing to watch, especially as nobody knew that it was going to be happening, really. But that's, it's a massive, massive risk. Yeah, I think that's it. That would add to the drama, wouldn't it? Could you imagine seeing Fernando Alonso doing his first laps in an Aston Martin? He pulls out the garage and doesn't make it to the end of the pit lane. Just the scenes, that what would happen, what would unfold, the excitement, the speculation, everything would really take off and these this year was so many oh let's show you a render of our car or let's show you the livery on last year's car all a lot of the car launches for me felt pretty stale and uninspiring didn't the gu from mercedes uh launch car end up back at the factory after it like it did it didn't it not do that well on the track because i know george uh 
kind of decided to not discuss it on his interviews. Um, but yeah, I don't think it went that well, did it, for um, Mercedes? This was part of what I actually thought about because I think it's been, it must have been hushed up very well because it hasn't been a major feature on a lot of the automating websites and the F1 websites. But there have been a few people who say they've spoken to people at Mercedes and say that they were really concerned by the performance, at least on the first few outlaps. Apparently, they apparently got better as the day went on. But if, if Mercedes have got problems already, it doesn't really bode very well for the next few weeks, does it? I'd beg to differ. I'd say that this is the time that you want the problems during your shakedowns, during your testing, because that's where you figure out what's wrong with your car before you get to the races. You look at McLaren, they were brilliant and they thought we're going to absolutely crush it because of how Barcelona went last season. All of a sudden they get to Bahrain, they are the second slowest car, they have brakes that don't work and they have no time to fix it. Yeah, I do agree that it's the time to discover problems. However, last season, didn't we have was it six days or eight days of testing across two different circuits? Yeah, six six days of testing across two different circuits. This year, you've got three days of testing. That's it. And then you've got less than a week, well, less than a week until you're then on track for the Friday practice at Bahrain. So it's, it's so if you have a problem this time, there's so little time between the launch, the test, and then the first race to actually resolve issues. Yeah, I think, I think that's one thing. Like, you've got this time of, like figuring out the mechanical side of things but I think also a big deal has been made of the weight this year I mean the theme of the F1 cars this year is carbon fibre with some stickers on it because that's exactly what you're getting you look at Mercedes they've gone back to black but the reason they've gone back to black it's no political movement this time it's a case of we need to save weight on the car we've painted the top we've painted the top of the nose black we've painted the side pods black everything else carbon fiber i mean the carbon fiber elements look fantastic but when you see that every other team is also really doing this it's going to make it interesting to distinguish between some of the cars i think the fia have currently banned all this like talking out and stuff haven't they so i'm not really sure how lewis's everyone matters t-shirts and we race as one and seb's well seb's like but like the the t-shirts and all this sort of stuff's really going to work out now like but they've Lewis Hamilton's already said it's not he's not going to be silenced. Dimacali's already said that he's not going to put a gag order on drivers. I don't think that it will work, this whole no political side of things. Um, yeah, but the, the, the drivers are just going to end up broke, having to pay fines to like the FIA. They, 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 you watch, right? In six months' time, the FAA, all of the FIA principles and all that sort of stuff is going to be like putting up a brand new Mercs and... Jags and all that sort of stuff from all this dollar that they're making off finding Lewis Hamilton for wearing a t-shirt. Well, crikey, it took him how it took him how long to come to a resolution over this no stud last season? He was yeah. like, I can't take it out, I can't take it out, and they were kicking off, kicking off, and they were just doing it just to, I think, just honestly target him and try and go, we're the new leadership of the of Formula One. We are in charge here. It doesn't matter if you're Lewis Hamilton, doesn't matter if you're Lance Stroll. We're the boss of you, and what we say goes which didn't work um can i take this back to livery before we get lost in this because this was the section of the podcast that we were talking about no, livery. no tim we want to get uh, political just for a second but you but you but you, but you go to your liveries uh, brother okay? i want you, i want, I want to back. go back to livery because we were talking about cars that have engaged dark mode on their car by leaving bits of carbon open the alpha romeo what a gorgeous looking machine and i haven't seen many people talk about it but 
maybe it's because of their questionable sponsor. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, they're being sponsored by a gambling company now who only trade in Bitcoin, which is obviously a very risky enterprise and business to be. You, a Bitcoin can collapse at any moment, and so can any and, company that only trade in it. And uh, not that you would know this, but stake gambling was actually banned from Twitch because they're unregulated within the UK. So it's a really big, big like kind of risk for them to partner with Stake because at the moment Stake is kind of toxic in a way. Well, I think this is where being a Swiss team, they're able to, you know, Swiss team, Italian brand. It's all very, we don't need to worry about certain regulations that are in the UK. But I think we'll see when it comes to Silverstone, they won't be able to run that title sponsor. Yeah, that's it's a very big risk. Um, my original point was going to be that I think that it's probably my fa- one of my favourite liveries, though. The, the, the black and red, really nice. Yeah, I, I have to say the darker liveries look great. I like the Ferrari this year again. I really like the Ferrari. Um, I said that last there's, year as well. There's an absolute shocker, Reese. You, you like a Ferrari, mate? I would never have guessed. <laughs> like, really. He only likes the one with the number fifty-five on it, though. Not, not, not the other. One. <laughs> I like, I like them both, but I like the fifty-five one to be in front of the sixteen one. That way, when Charles's engine inevitably blows up or he spins into a tire barrier, he's not going to slow down Carlos. It's like I want the number fourteen Aston Martin to be at the front all the time. But what well, if the number fourteen Aston Martin is not in front of the number eighteen Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso should just retire? But remember, Reese, um, at the launch, uh, Fernando Alonso said that his young up-and-coming teammate is a potential future world champion at Formula One. Well, wouldn't you be saying that if his dad paid your wages? I'm sure there was or, a tasty little bonus in there for him. Wouldn't you be saying that as a, a well, what was it, a new driver? Like two years ago, you know, he's he, he's new in the sport. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just... <laughs> um, t- two years ago, can I remind you that this is Lance Stroll's seventh season in F1? It's amazing what your parents' is... money can buy you. Oh, he, he, but fair, he, very fair. He, he, he remains F1's youngest ever podium sitter and the third third or fourth youngest pole sitter. How? So... Max Verstappen surely had that record. He was, eight, he was the youngest race winner and... He was younger than Lance Stroll when Lance Stroll came into the sport. I think that's Mike. Max Verstappen still be the podium sitter still. Maybe maybe he was the youngest podium sitter when he got that podium at Baku. That's, I, I stand corrected. See, but, this is this is where we need Danny. Danny would pull out. Yeah, the Danny. Facts. Danny like, would pull out. Bam, the facts. There you go. This is what it is. Like no problems. Yes, unfortunately, he's busy in Walmart. <laughs> there are a lot of things you can buy in Walmart. But you can't get your hands on some top quality 3D printed track wall art, which is what you can get from our show sponsor, Apex Tracks. Apex Tracks do 3D printed wall art. Any track you can think of around the world, they can do it. Many, many different colors, many different sizes. So for your 3D printed track wall art needs, head to apextracks.com. That's A-P-E-X-T-R-A-X-S.com. That was very smooth, Reese. You know, considering we haven't done this for a while. We didn't even, just so everybody knows, that was done in one take. We didn't have to redo it like we'd done last uh, last season, like 20 times, because Reese can't spell Apex tracks. Just saying. Thanks for that, Dan. That's uh, that's really nice. It's I get stick for struggling to spell Apex tracks. Meanwhile, for the, every podcast for the last two years, you've managed to get your alphabet wrong and come in at the wrong time during the intros. 
Fair one. Okay, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll uh, give you that one. We get it. The podcast is dyslexic. I'm joking. <laughs> the podcast <laughs> is dyslexic. And if that's uh, not a name for this week's podcast, I don't know what. <laughs> maybe we need to market it in Pacific Pacific categories now. You mean in Pacific <laughs> Pacific categories? What? Um, uh, I, I, South, I North. Yeah. Wait till you see it, the Atlantic spin-off. That's crazy, that one. I would like to say that that was intended for comedy purposes, but it was a general, like, you know, <laughs> I generally fucked up there. Uh, this year's blooper reel is already looking better than last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's an absolutely fantastic set of blooper stuff that we can't put out because it's too bad. <laughs> and I really wish that we could put out the bloopers that I had because they were fucking amazing. <laughs> Just certain people would have been cancelled by this point. One hundred percent, definitely. Well, I think while we've got time before the uh, the NASCAR starts, we should really look at solving the world's biggest ethical problems. Um, so, Tim, what is your biggest hope and expectation for the upcoming Formula One season? And is it that you're going to go to one of those races in one of those countries and knowing your track record, take a war there with you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, pray for Kosovo in the next six months, guys and girls. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tim has a shocking record of going on holiday somewhere and then coming back and being invaded. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know if anywhere's going to invade Italy in the near future, but ho- hopefully can make it to Imola or, or I hope so I can make it to Imola and then I saw the ticket prices yeah should we segue quickly um from what we were going to talk about and just say that what is going on 1300 quid for a three-day grandstand ticket at Imola to be on the pitch straight that's your tickets alone that, that is on the how, start finish line start finish still ridiculous yeah, how much was our crikey when we went to 2017? It was what 800 pounds for our three day start finish line. Ones no, ones no, way less than that. It was like 360 each, 370 each. It wasn't, wasn't even. Oh crikey, yeah, I'm thinking the combined price of three of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mate, that is literally a thousand pound markup of, of from like six years ago. Different, like, difference from Imola to Monza. I know they do charge more at Imola generally, but. That, that is excessive though isn't it like that is ridiculous like to be fair right i'm pretty sure my friend jason that that won the thing um i'm pretty sure he went to singapore uh flew and did the whole weekend for like two grand yeah um in the defense of imola the general admission tickets for three days are starting from 150 odd euros so <laughs> maybe it's because you want a grandstand seat like at the start finish line but crazy crazy prices it's pretty shocking, really, when you think of it, though, that you can go to your general admission ticket at Imola, £150, which is a good, you know, fair bit of money. But now I look at things that are still I still get adverts on Facebook for the Daniel Ricciardo McLaren jersey. He's not with the team anymore and they're selling it for 90 quid. It's it's absolutely shocking when you see what's happening with Formula One. And the price it is there is a genuine risk that the the real fan is being priced out. And even when he can afford to go, he's not even going to get a proper beer. Mate, you you are really aggy about the beer, aren't you? Like like that 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 has hit you at your core, hasn't it? Like it's really upset you, like big time. 
all I'm thinking is I, I watched the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago and it's the same watching NASCAR. All I'm seeing advertised drinks wise is light beer. And I'm thinking of all the like prime advertising spots you've got, why can't a proper beer brand, you know, be advertising, maybe educate America on decent alcohol? But they don't need decent alcohol because they have like crack and heroin and like bath salts and all that short. That's why they're drinking light beer, because they're already cracked out. Uh, there you go. There's Dan's second tip. On top of drink and, uh, don't drink and drive or drink and drive if you want. Dan's latest t- other tip is that you can have light beer. Just make sure you do some hardcore drugs to make up for the loose ends. I'm just commenting on what I'm seeing from the country. You know, it's it's absolute shambles at the moment right now. Crackheads. Crackheads everywhere. When it when it when it comes to shambles, I don't think us as Brits can talk at the moment, really, can we? So uh... yes, and with that, let's quickly move on away from politics. Um, Tim, your biggest expectation for the current season, other than trying to get to Imola, um, from a genuine perspective of every fan, what are you wanting to see? Um, what does every so my, there's a difference between expectation and what we all want to see. What we all want to see, of course, is a three-way title fight. We want Mercedes, we want Ferrari, we want Red Bull. I'm going to hesitate, but I do want them in that battle. I want it to be competitive. I want it to be going into most race weekends, and you don't have an idea of which of the three teams is going to win. Um, even with last season, there was a tendency, especially in the first half of the season, that Ferrari might pull away at the higher power tracks and Red Bull might pull away at the higher downforce tracks. I just I just want it to be that you don't know who's going to win week on week out. Um and yeah, and I, I want Mercedes in there as well. maybe if one of the other teams even could make a step like an Aston Martin, like an Alpine. I know it's unlikely at the moment, but Aston Martin, new factory, new driver, in my in my opinion, one of the best drivers to have ever raced a car coming onto their team that experience that expertise along with their new factories and new resources just hopefully if, if it's not mercedes who join them then right and then you want ferrari to sort out their reliability issues sort out the strategy department you want fred Vasseur to become god Vasseur in the eyes of the tifosi <laughs> I, I, yeah i i want us to be going into the final laps of the final race of the season in Abu Dhabi. And I want, I want you to be able to have six potential world champions, not just one. And it will be fine because this time we're going to Abu Dhabi and there is no Latifi. There is no Schumacher. They won't crash into each other again, these two. <laughs> we're going to get a good title fight this year. Everything's lined up for it. Dan, what is your expectation for the upcoming season? My expectation is to see if Mercedes can follow through on their claim of an engine that is going to have decent performance, unlike the Honda and the Ferrari, which have always had varying performance. Uh, I, I just want to see if they can deliver that, because after their shakedown and their like car reveal, like I'm not really sure. Obviously, I know they're going to have a chance to fix the issues and stuff like this, but it is a big statement to make i know they've worked uh very well uh with petronas again developing uh more fuels and lubricants and stuff to make like their, their engine a bit better and obviously they've got rid of their uh 0.5 side pods or whatever they're calling it now um 
but I'm yeah, I'm just generally not seeing what they're you know what they're saying. I'm not seeing it in all the stuff that I've seen. I'm 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 just a little bit worried still for Mercedes. Yeah, until I see it on the track, I, I'm not convinced. They spent the entirety of last season saying there wasn't anything wrong with the engine whilst all eight Mercedes powered cars would be down at the bottom in some practice sessions in the speed traps and they go oh no the engine's not the problem it's like well it clearly is um i, I i'd forgotten about the the 0.5 pods I, I tried my best to forget about that that was it was interesting it was exciting and all of a sudden everyone realized it was pretty rubbish still and um it was like trying to polish a turd last year trying to do that to that car um i, I still think it's incredible they won a race last season with george russell um so the way i see it is they probably can be in a freeway title fight this year tim because they have some idea now of how they need to develop the car and the path they need to go down um and in fact they got that result last season with a crap car shows that hopefully with a a better than average car they should be back up there i completely agree with that but i've got a feeling all of mercedes gains Will have will have come from the floor underneath to try and obviously um, counteract this porpoising thing, which was an absolute amazing drinking game for every race last year. Take a shot every time they mentioned porpoising. But I've got I've got a feeling that the work they've done on the floor and surrounding areas is going to be what makes or breaks the Mercedes, not their engine. I'm kind of in the same boat as actually as Dan with this um, because I don't I, w- I wonder if because of their other issues in the aero if whether it was aero stall at the start of the season whether it was the porpoising I wonder if it meant that their engine just couldn't be fully utilized and I, I wonder if they it's that they fixed the aero and then they've actually put their engine back in the position where the engine can now be turned up to full wick because it's not going to it's not going to affect the aero displacement or affect the car with the full power. Um, similarly, with the engine, as uh, I think the team who have actually increased their engine is Ferrari. Um, they're saying that they found a way of putting the engine on full power without the reliability problems that they had last season. So if, if Mercedes have got their aero right and Ferrari have got their engine right and reliability right, then it could be a really, really good season if Red Bull were not advancing too much and the other two are playing catch up and i think there's hope i think that mclaren and also alfa romeo might be able to do something this season maybe our to you know crawl like climb up and i mean the points last season they looked incredibly competitive i mean mclaren got the only podium from one of the non-big three uh, other big three teams last season if they've got mercedes power and mercedes power sort they alfa romeo have got ferrari power and that's sorted Maybe there's a maybe there's a surprise coming, which wants to lead me on to my final question. Yeah, can I just say on that? Um, so before you ask your final question, um, I actually really fear for McLaren this season. Um, their launch, just everyone at their launch just seems so downbeat, like low expectations. You look at the car visually, and there just isn't that many changes, especially to the aero package they showed. I know, I know, it's only a show car, but they did have a proper launch. They invited people in. Um, they showed what is not last year's car, but it's it's not a massive step. It's not a massive evolution, and I just I just don't think that they're going to have a good season. I'm not feeling positive for McLaren going into this season. 
especially with the unknown of Piastri as well. You don't know how he's going to slot in. He hasn't been driving for a year. Obviously, we know Lando, exceptional talent, can really, really take a car and almost put it beyond where it should be. But I, I don't know if that's going to be enough to dig them out of the hole this year. That is a concern of mine as well. It, it, it didn't look like much of a launch. But then again, most of the launches didn't look like much of a launch. That Most of them could have been done by posting a photo on Facebook, really, rather than having to bother with all the corporate bullshit. Thank you, Williams. Um. <laughs> Quick note, best sponsorship placement on any car this season, no matter what anyone says, Williams with the Duracell. Where is it? I haven't seen it. On the um, on the roll hoop. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah, you're going to see that every time we go to an onboard camera. But if Latifi's not there to crash, then when are we ever going to get an onboard camera of a Williams? Oh, it's not. It's not. It's sort of on that on that engine cover behind the roll hoop. It's you know that tube-like section. They. It's an actual Duracell battery. Okay. So, so my point. My my point still stands. Apart from when they're being lapped. Because there's no Latifi, when are we going to see an image of a Williams? First of all, it's goat Tifi, you know that. <laughs> no, it's not. No. What, what the fuck? Who Sign the goat. The goat okay. was a picture of Lewis Hamilton's face on a goat, and it was terrifying. Was it signed by a goat Tifi? It was signed by a goat Tifi, but, but it was also signed by many others. He couldn't okay, sign yeah. it because he was in the wall. That's why he couldn't sign it. <laughs> no, no, no. He could sign it because it was the last lap at Silverstone and he broke down right next to the pit wall, which is where the goat was being signed. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing that TP can sign is his fucking cast on his arm. Because he crashed that much. Literally. <laughs> He's not even in the sport anymore. and You're still going savage on him. Um, yeah, I, mean, I know right. I did too, but still. Right. Tell who, me who he doesn't deserve us- it. Who, who is going to give us safety cards this year now that Latifi is gone? Who do we think is the... I think it's Sonoda. Sonoda yeah, is the Lula Yuki. I'm, I'm sorry, Yuki, I love you. I think that you do have talent and speed that you, you could unleash, but you're just too error-prone, and it lets you down. I mean, if Mercedes are back at the front, then we'll get plenty when, when Verstappen crashes into them, you know, because he can't deal with being overtaken by the Mercedes, as we've seen many a times. I think there's one thing I've seen is a clip on sky where and guys feel free to unmute for this one thing i've seen is a clip on sky which is max verstappen talking to jamie redknapp and alan carr at which point one way through it max verstappen says it's okay if you go off the track as long as you don't hit the wall you can do that and you'll go faster i'm thinking sounds familiar that can't see where you've ever seen him do that before yeah like you know yeah never seen that impeccable drive-in by max have you, have you ever seen when IndyCar went to the Circuit of the Americas for the first time? <laughs> yes. and, they, and, they, and they said, um, they basically said no track limits until you hit the gravel. The, tra- the gravel trap will be your track limit. But obviously at Cota, the gravel traps are 20, 30, 40, 50 metres away from the actual line of the track exit. So they're coming out of the first corner and they're coming out 10 abreast going down to where it narrows at turn two with five cars off the off the actual circuit. <laughs> it's an incredible sight to see. Um, <sighs> yeah. um, unfortunately, F1 cars go a lot faster, which is why the, the track limit needs to be in place because it's a safety reason. They don't you go say- as fast as you think when Max put cars on top of each other. They, they tend to slow down then. 
All I'm saying is you said you said gravel trap, and as a Carlos Sainz fan, I have PTSD. If, if, if Max can race everyone the way he, way he raced the Ferraris at the start of last season, then we're in for a great season if he has to race multiple teams for it. What race was it where the track was really greasy and everyone was just like spinning off and like stuff like that? Because that was amazing. Turkey Are you thinking of Turkey, Turkey 2020? Yeah. When Lance Stroll was a minute in the lead and ended up losing the race by like a minute. Is that the one that had the drag strip by like... Oh, no. That was, oh, you're, you're thinking of Hockenheim 2019. Hockenheim. Yeah, when Hulkenberg went off on the drag strip. Yeah. When Hulkenberg crashed in second place. When um, Mercedes had a special livery, which proved why you don't do special liveries. But is that the one where Lewis span off and then he went back into the pits and then he got like yes. he got a penalty for not going past the the yeah the cone he, he went past the cone before he yeah obviously yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one yeah because yeah. that shit do you know what that reminded me of thinking about it now we should just do that all tracks it remind me of like mario kart <laughs> it was like it like you just didn't know what was going to happen yeah. and who, yeah. who was going to push it and who wasn't yeah. the one that's that how you fix mind. track limits yeah. that's how you fit track limits you make every runoff area a drag strip a super grippy drag strip which in the race is super is super grippy super however super if you have qualifying soak it if you go off wide in qualifying woo, you know spin around all of a sudden and there's then, no arguments and then, track limits and then sky have to put a little uh mario kart banana on the screen so, <laughs> so you know that they span off like you know uh, i'm not being funny right it's graphical genius for sky they need to snap this up uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining um when you're on board with someone and then you've got like the track map in the bottom corner and you're just seeing little uh, bananas pop up at different corners where people are combined <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine if they still had that when mazapin was going you just literally see tur- he go and do his outlap and you just see eat a banana at every single corner as it went around oh, the track matter spin that's what you have Mother spin, spin. Um, Who would win in a race between Mazda spin, Latifi, and Maldonado? Oh, um, Maldonado. Nobody actually because won they it. wouldn't make it. No, <laughs> because they, <laughs> they, 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 they wouldn't make it through turn one, would they? Maldonado like, won in a race in Formula One, guys. Like, that's, <laughs> like that's some... not shit on his name too much. Why? Because Why? he won a race for Williams. He was Williams' last race winner. Yeah, but that that's not really like you know something we should be putting on a t-shirt to boast about. But he won on Surely. a dry he won on a dry track against Brighton and Hamilton. Not Alonso. Hamilton. So yeah, Hamilton was no, in that race. No, yeah, Hamilton was the squad. Hamilton wiped the floor with him in qualifying. Turned out he didn't have enough fuel to provide a fuel sample at the end of qualifying. Got disqualified, moved to the back, and uh, then it was pretty much it was Alonso versus Maldonado. And I'm sure um, Raikkonen was in that battle as well in the Lotus. Actually, there you go. You might be right about Alonso um, being beaten by Stroll this season because he's already <laughs> lost to one crashy boy who's just funded by someone with loads of money. Funded by someone with loads of money. Well, that's insightful, Reese. Well done. <laughs> no, I think you're accurate. I think I think I think that's a very good way to summarise them. <laughs> one, one, <laughs> one, one was funded by fraud. The other was funded by the drug trade. <laughs> <laughs> no oil. It was oil. Remember, it's oil. It's all oil. Uh, what the what the oil of the cocaine plant? <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like there's a, a pace car going out now. Um, so I'm going to quickly say, let's quickly wrap this up with our. I just want to hear from each of you. What is your outlandish prediction for this season? Oh, 
I will go first. Yeah, I want a reference point because outlandish is uh, like how outlandish are we? Are we are we saying realistic outlandish? Or are I'm we just saying going completely. Something you feel could happen, but is very very could be very unlikely. And based if you were to look at last season, you wouldn't think it would happen, but maybe this year it could. And okay. for me, it's Valtteri Bottas will win a race this season. Ooh. Hey, have you been in America smoking that crack? That's nearly <laughs> as bad as the prediction I made of uh, Sebastian Vettel winning no. the championship, wasn't it? No, nothing can be as bad as that prediction. Nothing Did he predict that last bad. season? Or? Last yeah, season. Yeah. I was last optimistic season. and I was fucking nowhere near. Like, I, I couldn't have been any further away from the mark if I tried. Oh. Two of us went with signs. One of us went with... I think Chris went with Hamilton. I went signs. I think you went signs, Tim. Oh, no, Danny went signs. You weren't there, Tim. And Dan... Dan was uh, smoking crack and said Sebastian Vettel. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a season that I said that I thought Ricardo had an outside chance of winning a championship at McLaren. And look how that turned out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That wasn't that was pre-podcast days, but I definitely made that prediction on the um, Facebook page at some point. I think you made that prediction in season one of the podcast <laughs> when it was yeah. announced. Tim, your outlandish prediction. My heart says that in the second half of the season, Aston Martin are going to become really good and regular regular podium contenders with Alonso um, once they get that factory going and they start using their own CFD, their own wind tunnel, which is all due to happen before about May June time. They're hoping. And I think they really will improve. Um, and obviously, I want Alonso to win a couple of races. <laughs> but realistic one. Uh, oh, um, Gasly and Ocon won't be crashing into each other very much. I think that everyone is hyping it up. And I think realistically, they're just going to get on it a bit. They're both solid upper midfield drivers. And I think they'll both do a good job. But everyone wants them and expects them to crash into each other. But I don't think that's going to happen. Thank you for the bonus prediction there of the teammates won't crash into each other very often. Now, that's that's really insightful, that one, Tim. So. Everyone thinks they hate each other and there's this massive rivalry. And, I, and I'm all for it if it's there, but I just don't think it exists. Dan, what's your prediction? Right, so my outlandish prediction is that six teams will win a race this year. Uh, I, I, think it, I think it's possible, but... I, I'm not 100% sure. And my more realistic prediction is that Alpine is going to break into the top three this year. Uh, they had, you know, tremendous rate of development in 2022 um, with the technical team bringing loads of updates, which should have worked based on the data, but didn't. So I think on that ground, they are going to, like, I think they're going to develop what they should have developed last year, last year, and I think they're going to be a strong contender for a top three this year. So, so between us, we've got um, Reese has got Alfa Romeo hitting the front at some point, yeah, uh, whether it's circumstance or whether it's development. It would development. be Bottas um, yeah, winning a race. I, I've got I've got Aston Martin coming to the front, especially with Fernando at the wheel of the car, and Dan has got Alpine coming to the front. And 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 if all of that happens, then what's the season we are in for? Could you imagine a title fight between Alfa Romeo, Aston Martin and Alpine? And then you just have Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes scrapping at the bottom of the points. Now, that would be interesting. I'd, I'd be all for that. Right. To be fair, right, if 
Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull end up in uh, constant fights and like, you know, crashes and stuff, you know, it's possible, you know, yeah. uh, uh, only takes a couple of races to fall 40, 50, 60 points behind. And like that's it, it's fucking game over. Yeah. Or, or in Charles Leclerc's case, you can be 50, 60 points in front and it's also game over because you drive for Ferrari. Oh. It's not the driving, it's the, the strategists. Stevie yeah. Wonder can see the strategy sucks at Ferrari. Like, it's <laughs> that bad. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's like, right, do you know when you go around, like, a Secret Santa, you put your hand in a, a fucking bowl or glass or something, you pick out like a little name piece of paper with a name on it that's how Ferrari, Ferrari <laughs> picks their fucking strategies picked this is the new oh, Ferrari this is the Fred Vasseur led Ferrari okay. and, and, and how much say do you think he really has at Ferrari fucking I think, zero, I, mate. I, I, think he, I think he wouldn't have gone there if he didn't have an assurance over his call over day to day operations actually in the race team mate, he's because, a because of it because, no, because of the way that he operates in Formula 2 and Formula 3, um, and with his young driver programmes, he's very hands-on and involved. I, I, I don't think he would have gone there. It's obvious that Ferrari are taking him seriously because they finally caved in and put someone who's not Italian in charge of running the team. <laughs> Still not buying it. I'm sorry. The, like, I, the, I, I, I think until you can change the core ideology at Ferrari... It's not going to get any better. It doesn't matter what, you know, liberal person you put as the face of it until you can change the core mentality of the team. It's going to be the same, surely. Well, just look, look at what Audi did, OK, with Lamborghini. They were smart. They built the car. The Germans built the car. <laughs> and then they let the Italians, you know. The do, do design and <laughs> make it look all flamboyant and stuff like that. And that's what you should leave it leave it to. You should like put the Swiss man in charge of running a clockwork organization and let the and then let the the tech, the Italian tech <laughs> or what the Italian work the Italian work experience guy, he can write the he can write the HR posters, okay? No, 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 that's what, what you should do. do. He can style the bodywork because again, that Ferrari is beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, leave Italian design, Swiss organization. That's how you win. Or you take a German brand, you put it in the UK, and you go, yes, that will do. And that's how you get Mercedes dominance. I I I think I think I genuinely have faith in Vasseur to turn it around at Ferrari. I I really really do. And and they are saying that they've got that. So when they died off in the second half of last season, their engines were actually being turned down slightly at some races um examples mexico and usa um they turned down their engines slightly and they're saying they found a way of having the reliability but also having the engine on back up to full power for the entirety of race distances which if they have done that then watch out red bull i just really hope so as much as i talk about all these other situations of let's have the alpine aston martin and Alfa Romeo title fight. No, I just want Carlos Sainz to win. All right. I I don't care if it's bias. I don't care. I just want Carlos Sainz to win the title. That's all I'm asking for this year. Uh, L plans going for free this year. Then in that case, <laughs> hey, I I'm all for Carlos winning the title. But like, we just need to let Lewis get get his eighth. 
man could go about his business designing Tommy Hilfiger jeans and shit looking jumpers. Um, no, Tommy, and there's then, no Tommy. No, no, there, there is. That's right. There isn't, right? But he can go and do his fashion shit. And then uh, we can have George take over and we can maybe bring like another young driver in. Uh, you know. That's a discussion. Yeah, you know. That's a discussion for another day, I think. Uh, and then, you know. Max can hopefully crash every race, you know, sound. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> so we've got some outlandish predictions, and all we want is a Carlos Sainz championship. Lewis Hamilton to get one the year after, and Max Verstappen to finish no races no, in those no, two no, seasons. No, no, no. Lewis fast, and then Carlos. Oh, gosh. Let's get it out of the way, because he's cracking on a bit now. So let's just knock it out of the way. Um, right. But before he's 40... And then he can go and do whatever he wants to do and invest in, I don't know, state.com crypto shit. He can let George take over for the next 20 years and then it's done. So, you know, if anyone at Mercedes is thinking about, you know, long term strategy, hit your boy up. I got you covered. I, I will bring us down to earth then with the realistic prediction, which is that Max Verstappen would have won the title by the time we get to the Americas. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, Tim, you know how to make us all so happy, don't you? I do indeed, because the sad, the sad thing I, is, I, 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 wrong. I really don't want it to be the case. I want us to have, even if I, I, I would, I would take it. I, I, obviously, I prefer other winners, but I would take it if we took it down to the last race, and then whoever wins wins. If you have two or three drivers who can still win it going into that last race, obviously. If it's between those three, then you're probably looking at Lewis and Max was being two of those. But yeah, I just hope that it comes down to that last race. Verstappen's in the fight and he gets held up by a lap car, which is unlapping itself. Uh, um, can we, can Poetic we, can, justice. Can, can, can we say that he'll be held up by a um, Sergio Perez in an Alpha Tauri? <laughs> <laughs> After Ricardo is drafted in in the mid-season break. I don't, I actually, he might, he might be drafted in in the rate between Australia and uh, the full race of the year at the Baishan because right. full week out there they can slot him in. Right, true, true story. Right, if I was Max Verstappen, do you know back in like the 1800s and stuff, the kings used to get people to taste their food and drink and <laughs> to, to check they weren't being poisoned. That is literally who I would hire if I was Max Verstappen. I'm like, yo, has anybody seen Ricardo? We need, to, can you try this for me real quick? Because I don't <laughs> need to be. Uh, on the toilet for a week so that he can jump in a Red Bull. That should have been my outlandish prediction. My outlandish prediction should have been that Perez will be out of the car, Sonoda will be out of the car, and Perez will do an album and go back to Alpha Tauri. Because <laughs> I genuinely Try think it. there's a real, because I genuinely think there's a real chance you could end the season with Ricardo in the um, Red Bull and Perez in an Alpha Tauri. Okay, it seems like Tim might be drinking the American beer and taking some hardcore jobs to make up for it. So I think now's the time to uh, to wrap things up. Um, if you've enjoyed listening, keep an eye out on all our Facebook groups, Discord, Twitter, Instagram, all that. We've got a competition coming up. The chat. For the start. The chat. No, yes, we have a chat now. We have uh, many chats where many people can talk about Formula One all the time. It's uh, it's good fun. But keep an eye out because we're gonna have a competition going where it's gonna be free to enter. There's going to be quite a lot of stuff going on for that. And yeah, it will all be posted on the socials soon. So until then, thank you very much for listening. Cheerio, guys.
Bye. Damn, we still got that in, guys, even though Chris wasn't here. Absolutely good. All right, guys, we'll see you in a couple of weeks.